0: This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing, interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian
1: cascavalsian
0: Hello and welcome to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. This is Brian cascavalsian with G4 Marketing Group. And on today's episode, I've got Aaron Magden who is the co-owner of Window Nation. Now, I interviewed Aaron's brother Harley on episode 21 and just talked about how they've grown Window Nation in a relatively short time into one of the largest home improvement companies in the country. In this episode with Aaron, we focus specifically on growing the sales team, and I know that that is a big issue with a lot of smaller, well, small and large companies. Building a sales team is not an easy thing. It's actually one of the hardest things probably to do in the home improvement business. And Aaron has just done it over and over and over and over again, and so I thought it would be really valuable for us to talk about how they do that, how they set it up from the beginning when it was just Aaron all the way to now when they've got over 100 salespeople. You're going to get a lot out of this episode, so listen real carefully. Thanks for being here. Let's get to it. All right, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. And with me, of course, is Aaron Magden from Window Nation. Aaron, welcome. Thank you for being here.
1: No problem. I'm more than more than happy to to chat today. Cool.
0: So, tell us a little bit. I you know I interviewed your brother Harley a few episodes back, and I thought it would be cool to get the other side of the story from the other brother. Um, can so you the better-looking better one. The,
1: the better-looking better looking one, one. You there, there you go. Right.
0: <laughs> the smarter and better-looking and taller and all of that, right? Right,
1: right, right. <laughs>
0: all right, so give everybody kind of like the 60-second backstory on, on Window Nation.
1: Yeah. yeah, so basically, you know, Harley and I uh, started Window Nation, just him and I in a small office in, uh, in Maryland back in uh, 2006. Uh, I used to run the appointments and he did basically the marketing and the, the accounting end and then built, built it from there added a few sales reps opened up in Virginia. And, uh, and now we have uh, nine locations. We're in five major markets. Um, we have over a hundred sales reps and uh, just built the company to the fifth largest window company in the entire country.
0: Wow. So, awesome. um, Congratulations. Yeah, so we,
1: family owned and operated and it's uh, been a it's been a a, quite of a ride
0: yeah i'll say so what's it like managing a hundred salespeople? i mean we have hard enough time managing one or two let alone a hundred
1: it's it's like a big nursery school it's just a i think that's a lot it's it's like a lot of babysitting right no but i mean when you have when when you have that many sales reps um you know you got to have good management um watching over everyone so we have you know, we have assistant sales managers, we have sales managers, we have regional managers, we have VP of sales, and it's all about holding them accountable to, uh, to the sales system. You, know, you have to have a system in place. If you don't have a, a system in place, then everything goes broke, and it's what I call basically style selling. Everyone's on their own doing their own thing, and they're selling themselves without really selling the company, the product, and, and the, you know, the total uh, value proposition. So it's important to to make sure that everyone does stay on point and the managers hold them accountable to what they're supposed to be doing in the field. And, you know, it's practice, drill, rehearse. And it's just you got to keep making sure that, that the reps are, are following uh, following the orders.
0: When you say hold them accountable, what does that look like?
1: Holding them accountable. So, you know, you, they have to have metrics. You can't just let the sales reps go out there and say, all right, time to go sell. You know, you sell whatever you can, and hopefully it, it everything sticks and makes it happen. I mean, you have to have metrics in place, such as closing percentage, um, such as cancellation. You know, you have to hold, help hold them to a certain cancellation rate. You know, we use something called NSLI, which is net sale per lead issue. Um, basically, how many? Basically, you know, for instance, if someone has a $2,500 NSLI, so for every lead we issue, um, they bring back $2,500, no matter if it's a no-show, a no-demo, a sale, or no sale. Um, you know, we, we look at all these different metrics, and they must meet these, and we hold them accountable to to them. And if they don't meet them, then you know we retrain them. So you know the cost of, of a new hire is very expensive. So we're big into training and, and building, uh, building our reps up.
0: Now, how often are these measurements looked at?
1: They're, they're looked at once a month. We have one-on-one meetings with them, but the managers, you know, manage them weekly. Um, you know, so no one, no one falls off the deep end and have, you know, you're going to have a bad day but let's not make it a trend and you know, we'll look for trends and then, you know, they'll, they'll work with them in the field. So everything's, everything's managed by a CLM that we have. And, um, you know, it's, it's the managers look at it weekly and, but it's, it's the managers meet with the reps one-on-one or, you know, once a month, once a month.
0: And are there weekly sales meetings in all of your offices?
1: Yeah, absolutely. you got to, you got to have the, the sales reps, you know, see face-to-face with the managers. There needs to be training involved, Um, you know, otherwise the sales reps are just going to be on their own doing whatever they want to do and there'll be no structure in place. So got to have sales meetings at least once a week. Sometimes, you know, we'll have them uh, twice a week.
0: What is the, what does that kind of look like at Window Nation? What do those meetings look like? What's kind of the structure? How long are they?
1: You know, various topics every time, but you know, definitely one component is always part of the selling system. Uh, practicing that um, industry, you know, industry news or trends, what's going on, you know, reviewing the competition, a lot of role play. You know, it, it's it's a really a mixture of things, challenges that are happening in the field. You know, a lot of praise uh, going on, a lot of motivation uh, because you know sales is, sales is tough. It's like a roller coaster. And yeah. if these guys get down, these guys get down on themselves, you know. That's then they start second guessing themselves, and then they get into a rut, and then big problems happen. And that's when you lose. That's when you lose reps. So you got you got to motivate them, to, even when they're having a bad day. You got you got to get them motivated. How do you do that? Well, you gotta you, you gotta be in good spirit uh, with them. So it's always about you know going over positive um, numbers you know, success stories, Um, you know, bring in, you know, donuts in the morning, lunch in the afternoon, um, putting out fifth contests, putting team contests together. You know, the morale has got to be positive in the office. You can't, you know, I don't think ruling with an iron fist these days is the way to go. And I think a lot of companies still do that. Um, they, They come in and you suck and you're terrible. And, get out of here. And, you know, they, they, have high egos. Some of these managers and owners, and quite frankly, that's, that's just, not, that, not direction, especially with a lot of these younger millennials and such. That's just, that. that's just not the the way things are moving towards these days.
0: It's interesting you bring up millennials. So I, so you've got some that are selling for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we have some and it's, some of them are great and some of them have little to zero work ethic and they don't work out. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's really a mixture. It's really the it all boils down to the work ethic. Um, if they have a good work ethic and they're, they're, they're taught right. They're great. If they are prima donnas and they just got out of college and they think everything's going to be, you know, they're going to work nine to five and, they're gonna go into these houses and everyone's gonna say yes and lay down. <laughs> they got something else coming. Right. Are
0: they? Do you find that they're tougher to deal with in general?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. A lot of them just you know are rebellious. They think it, they do things on their time. They're they're not as responsive. They're just I just don't think they have the work ethic. Uh, a lot of times as as others. Um, and it could get get challenging but like I said it's it's, it's a mix so uh, you'll you'll usually know within the first 90 days if you have a solid millennial or if you have one that's not ready for the in-home sales uh, arena
0: Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place CRM estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy to use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations of your current tech stack you owe it to yourself your team and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to builder prime the only true does it all crm for home improvement contractors head over to builderprime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today have you had to change anything in your training, hiring practices, meetings, accountability? Have you had to change anything
1: because of the millennials? Um, I, I, not really. I mean, they, they're either going to conform to what we do, or they're like I said, they're not going to work they're out. They're not right. Um, it, so it's really what we're not going to change for them. They're going to they're going to follow what. What our processes and procedures are and at the end of the day they're going to appreciate it because what we have a strong work ethic and and we teach everyone and we train everyone and we're patient and um, you know when they go into slumps you know the, the strong will survive and the weak will go by the wayside and they'll give up so right
0: yeah good so one of, the th- one of the things that I find so valuable about this uh, podcast is, and any really good podcast that's about, you know, helping somebody be more successful is that success definitely leaves clues. And one of the things that you've said in, in the few minutes that we've been talking at least three or four times is you've, you've used the word system, specifically selling system. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because this is one of the things that as we go back through episodes and you and you listen to the most successful contractors in the country, that really the 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 the, the real wealthy contractor, they all talk about systems. So can you talk a little bit about selling system and kind of what that what does that look like? What is that?
1: Think about a selling system as a as a roadmap, right? So mm-hmm. when you're trying to get to a destination, okay? Well, these days we use MapQuest or Waze or whatever, and you plug it in, and it takes and it tells you to take this turn to that turn to this turn to that turn. A system allows you to get to the final dest to the final destination, just like a, a map will, and it it allows you to navigate through the entire basically sales sales cycle that will allow you to get to the close, if you will. Yeah. So it, it it's basically a map that's drawn out that teaches. The sales rep, how to get through each step, whether it's you know you have the warm up and the you know the measure or you know whatever whatever um, product you're selling, and then get to the presentation and the demo, but you have to lay the groundwork down so people could follow something. Otherwise, like I said, a lot of times you know these sales reps are just style selling. They're trying to sell their charm. They're trying trying to sell their attitude. They're trying to sell themselves. But what ends up happening is is that they're not creating that roadmap where at the end they're gonna get a yes they're just gonna end up falling on their face because they're not getting the proper commitments they're they're not going to be able to smoke out the objections and at the end what's gonna happen is is they're gonna basically be speechless because they're not gonna they're gonna they've missed closing the, they've missed getting the commitment so the objections won't come out at the end so it's basically, like I said, basically a roadmap to get you to the final destination.
0: Yeah. So if I can if I can put an analogy to it, it's kind of like French fries at McDonald's, right? So regardless of which window nation I go to, regardless of which McDonald's I go to, the the instructions for how to handle a lead in the home or how to make French fries is first you do this. Then you do this. Then you say this, right? Regardless oh, of which window exactly. nation office it's in.
1: Right. We basically create like a Starbucks. The coffee, right. The coffee in Seattle is going to taste the same in, in in Cleveland. Right. And that's and that's basically how it's how it's created.
0: Yeah. So I I I wanted to bring that point because I knew what you were going to say. That is is really kind of the secret, isn't it? I mean, if you really want to grow a company, the thing that you cannot do is you can't teach anybody, you can't teach me, Brian, how to be Aaron and go sell in the house, right? It's just not gonna work. So what you've gotta do is you've gotta take the formula and you have to put it out on, on paper, on a computer, however you do it, and then come to me and say, okay, Brian, you're gonna come in first and you're gonna do this, you're gonna say this, then Brian, you're gonna say this, then you're gonna say this, because I can't be you. And I think that's one of the big mistakes that a lot of owners make is that they don't have a system. What they're trying to do is get people to be more like them. And if they're closing exactly. 60%, because you, you probably would outsell most of your salespeople. I mean, you probably got a few that are as good as you, but for the most part, if you were to compare you against all of them there's no way you would have been able to grow the company to what it is today is that
1: accurate absolutely <clears throat> absolutely uh, i mean in the beginning that was probably a mistake that oh, i made was oh, i'm going to try to replicate 20 of me but it's just not going to yep. happen they're not going to act speak. you know they're not going to act speak you know everything like me so you have to create the system that that's scalable that you could train and it's repeatable um, and put into place.
0: Right. No, absolutely. And for everybody that's listening, you you know, if you stopped listening right now, you've just got a ton of value because he just really gave you the secret formula to, to selling. It's not much of a secret, but it, 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 that's the formula. If you want to grow a sales team, first, you have to have a system. So it, it took you. So let's go kind of go back to the beginning. Of Window Nation, when it was you out selling, your brother was creating leads. You were out selling. How did you go from you to having three or four salespeople?
1: Well, once once I was running after four leads a day, I said, "Oh, geez, <clears throat> now we got to hire people." So, you know, we didn't have in-house recruiters, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, it starts off with you know recruiting, placing ads in in various. You know various areas like Indeed and Craigslist and all the different forms that are that are now in place. Geez, there's tons of them now. Um, and then there's 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 grassroots. You know, go to the mall, try to find people in the, uh, working in the mall or working in furniture stores or, you know, hand hand cards out at gas stations. I try to find people, you know, in the in the customer service sector that um, that uh, are good with people that I'd be able to train. And I'm not a big proponent of hiring people in the industry because a lot of them have bad habits. But I recruited and you know, one, one rep led to two, led to three. And then you try to get referrals from your existing sales reps and you, you just keep building upon.
0: And, and the key is that once you had a repeatable, duplicatable, trainable, teachable system, then you could bring somebody in and teach them and say okay this is how it's done here kind of like what michael gerber says in the EMF. this is how we do it here
1: yep exactly
0: that's um you know that's one of the things i think that a lot of people struggle with is is a is understanding that okay we need to create a system but then also what does that system look like where does that system come from um in your case you did you develop the system from your experience,
1: yeah, I developed my own system, but <clears throat> there's there's great th- third parties out there that um, can develop systems for companies. But yeah, I developed my own system that I've basically taken from a little that, that from some of these third parties um, that I've learned through 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 over the years, and then just basically my little special sauce that I've put together. So throughout the years, I've I've developed you know, the window donation system.
0: So when you were, again, let's kind of go back when you guys were smaller, when you had, you know, five salespeople, I would imagine you were their, their sales manager, right? Correct. Yeah. What were some of your, what were your challenges back then? You know, if somebody, you know, somebody that's listening that's got a few salespeople, wh- what were some of your challenges then when you were at, let's say four or five salespeople?
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's just continuing to build the team, and what I mean by that is that you know when you just have you know four salespeople, let's just say, I think a lot of times what ends up happening is the sales manager will get complacent, or even the owner will get complacent, say, "Ah, now I got salespeople, let them run and do their job, and I'm like, yeah, hang out in the office." Well, that's that's really not the 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 way to go. The manager still needs to be in the field, developing the reps, getting out there, helping out, still running leads, staying fresh, uh, managing the business, you know, still working the whole, the whole system. And and that's, I see, I see a lot in smaller companies where the owner ends up being the sales manager and then they don't have to run leads anymore. It's like they just hang out at the office and, you know, things Start to almost fall apart because they're not putting their best foot forward and, and developing further developing the, the reps.
0: What are some of the and and that's a that's a really good example of, um, you know, what not to do and what are some of the other mistakes that you see smaller companies make or maybe what were some of the mistakes that you made as you were, as as you were growing your sales team.
1: I don't make many mistakes, Brian. No, <laughs> I know.
0: You gotta give us a couple, though. You made one, or, or you saw right, somebody right. make one or two, right?
1: Right. I mean, listen. The 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 mistakes that that I see with with sales managers is, you know, sometimes being too hard on them because now that you know maybe you're the great salesman, right, and you're closing at eighty percent, and then you get these other guys in there and they're closing at half. The have to you know forty percent or thirty percent, and you're pushing them too hard, and you know you, like you said before, you're trying to replicate yourself, and you get you get too aggressive with them because you're giving them crap because they're not closing it at the same level because you expect to keep producing at the levels that you're used to producing, and then the morale shifts, and then you can start to lose sales reps, so you just have to be patient.
0: One thing, and it's as I'm watching the our our time here. I guess my last question would be kind of like, have you noticed like over time, with all of the experience that you have with salespeople, are there any traits, I know you mentioned earlier work ethic, and I know that you and your brother, I know how important that is to you, to you and your brother. That's probably one of the things that you're looking for in a, in, a, in a great salesperson, but what are some of the other characteristics that you look for in a great salesperson?
1: Work ethic, like you said, is a big thing, but, you know, they have to have a good personality. They have to be competitive. They have to have, the, you know, that, 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 just that fire in their, in their eyes. They have to be aggressive to a point. I mean, more assertive. Not as aggressive, but assertive. Um, you, know, they, you know, I, I like people that have, that have played sports because, once again, that, that competitiveness – People that could handle rejection, that have thick skin. I think those are all good traits to look for when, when hiring, uh, you know, sales ups. I recommend also, you know, to have uh, have them take well, personality surveys. You know, dig deeper into into who these people are, and do they fit the bill that you're looking for, and do they fit possibly your culture? You know, those those are all key things to to look at when hiring someone
0: do you use any of the uh, profiling um, systems that are that are out there
1: we use it we use a specific one that's that's not really readily known in the industry but we do use a, a specific uh, personality survey
0: okay yeah they're important right I mean they they will they won't give you all of the answers but they'll help you get close
1: Right, it's not like you have them take a personality survey and it's a tell-all. It's a yes or no hire them, but it's just another way to make a to make a decision on a on a, a hire. You know, you may be on the fence and you say, Oh, yeah, you know, I, I sort of like them or like her, and then the survey comes back and it comes out phenomenal and just reinforces your decision.
0: Well, Aaron, look, I'm looking at the time, I know you're a busy guy and I really appreciate you, you coming on and and being with us. And I I think for everybody listening, I think uh, this is another one of those episodes that you should immediately go back and listen to again, because I I mean, I just just made a bunch of like, I, I was writing stuff down that I thought was really important that Aaron mentioned. Accountability was huge. It's one of the first things that he said. Um, we talked about systems. You mentioned systems three or four times. He talked about practicing, you know, um, having a system that's trainable and teachable. Um, we talked about work ethic. And, and 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 I think that this would be a really powerful one um, episode for you to go back and listen to if, you know, if you have a sales team or if you want to build a sales team. So, Aaron, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, being on this episode of the wealthy contractor podcast. No problem. All right, everybody, until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalski with People Marketing. All right. So that's it for today's episode of the wealthy contractor podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a new way? Did it spark an idea or ideas you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life? We started the Wealthy Contractor as a resource to help you, the home improvement entrepreneur, regardless of where you are on the wealthy scale, get where you wanna go. We wanna provide you with the motivation, the confidence, the resources and the tools so you too can live the life of the Wealthy Contractor. Now the Wealthy Contractor is a place where it's okay for you to want it all. In fact, it's not only okay, it's encouraged. So until next time, this is Brian Kaskovalsian with G4 Marketing